Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Uh, is there anyone better than Ron Funches? Good Lord! Just just a human storm of delight. If, if there was some sort of good storm that would be delight, it would be Ron Funches. Uh, so let's get into it quickly. You know this by now. YouMadeItWeird.com. Buy some shirts. Support the show. Donate. Just last night, Katie thought she saw a chupacabra. And she's been suffering serious emotional trauma please click on the donate button we're gonna get her a blu-ray of up that's gonna help her turn the chupa corner chupa corner <laughs> just made myself oh boy i love i love puns anyway uh weird at nerdist.com is the email for the show you know these uh by now these are the tour dates uh if you're listening to this the day it comes out i am in chicago june 12th through 16th I am in Chicago for the Just for Laughs Festival. Saturday at 9 p.m. at the Hideout, we are doing a live You Made It Weird podcast uh, in Chicago. So please, Chicago weirdos, Indiana weirdos, all the different weirdos, come out, you Midwestern weirdos. I want to see you there. Free hugs. June 12th, sorry, June 21st through 24th, I'm in Denver for the Comedy Works downtown. July 19th through 21st, New Brunswick, New Jersey for the Stress Factory. July 25th through 28th, I'll be in Montreal for the uh, Just for Last Festival. I think there's a live You Made It Weird there, I'm not sure. August 2 through 5, Cleveland, Ohio for Hilarities. September 6th through 8th, sta- uh, Scottsdale, Arizona for Stand Up Scottsdale. And October 11th through 13th, Appleton, Wisconsin, Skyline Comedy Cafe. Come out to that. Please. This episode is brought to you by Comedy Bang Bang, my friend Scott Ackerman's new show. It is on every Friday at 10, 9 central on uh, IFC. It's an absurd half-hour comedy show. It only looks like a uh, talk show. It's not really like a talk show. It's really, really, really weird. kind of has to be seen to be understood. And even then, it's only partially perceived. Comedy so nice they banged it twice is a, is a line I'm required to say. I wish I could just earnestly endorse the show because I actually do like it. But here I have to say, comedy so nice they banged it twice. It's even in quotes. So as if I know, say it like you're saying it. So it's hosted by Scott Ackerman. Also my favorite guy ever, one of my favorite guys ever, is the band Reggie Watts. Does the theme song for this show. He is the band. They got great guests. Amy Poehler, Zach Galifianakis, Seth Rogen. And this Friday, it's Amy Poehler. She's going to get in on to her, uh, talk about her feud with Mad Magazine, and I believe they discuss her hair, I've been told here. Reggie premieres a trailer for his inspirational m- new movie, and a scientist comes by to help Scott and Reggie remember their dreams. See? Weird. Atypical. Most importantly, very, very funny. Check out Comedy Bang Bang every Friday, 10, 9 central on IFC, and uh, youmadeitweird.com, and uh, Katie, Thrashed by Bats, or whatever it'll be. Thanks, weirdos. Enjoy. <laughs> I am. I was excited for you to come in because we've never hung out ever. You can throw on these cans in the industry. We call them cans. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! So yeah, we've never really hung out, but every time I see you, it's like uh, it's like I sat on a porch for a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, like a porch swing and like some lemonade. You're a relaxing person. That's a, a great compliment. Is it? Oh, good. I'm, glad. I'm gonna take it as a great compliment. It is. I mean it as a great compliment. <laughs> well, that you know, I don't want to get uh, new agey and weird, but there's some people that when you see them, you always you're calming. First of all, you're very calm, so there's nothing new agey about that. <laughs> you're smiley and you're and you're calm and you're friendly. So those are all very like very uh, in the world normal things that would calm and make people feel good. Yeah. But then there's vibe as well. <laughs> it's also the vibe I put out. I also enjoy your overall vibe. I appreciate that. I enjoy yours. Oh well, thanks, man. What Eugene Merman said that we should do the likable comedians of comedy tour. Yeah, and it would be me and you, <laughs> and then that's it, and then that is it. Uh, you know, we've begun. By the way, I don't, people are sometimes thrown by that. That's fine by me. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Pete? <laughs> You know, no one's ever asked. People, people never ask. I tell. I always, I always offer. I go right for it. I put a melting raw chocolate treat in the freezer just a moment ago. Ooh. I'm eating Hall's um, triple soothing action. Ooh, maybe Hall's will send us something. Uh, Hall's. <laughs> I would like aim higher. <laughs> Something I can enjoy every day. Besides. Maybe no, I can get some Hall's. These were two twenty nine for a pack of about fifty. And uh, I don't know if, you, if you've heard. There's an advanced formula. So the one before this was no good. I didn't know that. You can get them on eBay, but they're these Hall's that don't do shit. <laughs> then they took that formula and they advanced the fuck out of it. Swearing is funny. What are your feelings about swearing in, in your act? Do you swear on stage? I swear. I like. I just try to use it um, for punctuation or for yeah. Um, I, I try not to over swear. Yes, very much so. No, well, it's funny because I have to because I just assume that you were clean because you, you feel clean. That's the thing. That's a, that, <laughs> that's a vibe. It's a weird thing to say to a grown man. You feel clean to me, but like you can you could get on stage and even if you said motherfucker or whatever. I would still be like that. Ron Funches is a clean comedian. Yeah, that's uh, I get that quite a bit. People are like, "Oh, you're a pretty clean comic," and I'll get some Christian colleges or something. Is like that, that right? Yeah, and then I'll look at him. I go, "Do you know my act right. at all?" Because there's a lot of not clean things. And exactly, you know what it is. And I don't know if I've said this on the show or if I just repeat myself in life a lot. To me, the distinction dis- distinction between clean and dirty uh, is over. What it is is ugly. And uh, and not ugly. And I don't even mean ugly in a bad way. Ugly is a weird word. But, like, I would consider, like, abortion jokes to be typically kind of an uglier area. Yeah. And I just mean, like, we don't like looking at it. It doesn't mean it's not funny. Uh, Tosh has uh, great uh, jokes about everything. He has jokes about uh, rape and abortion and just really, really weird, hard-to-look-at stuff. But if you are swearing and you're still talking about... Uh, fucking Hall's advanced advanced therapy, and that's what made it come to mind. Then people will still be like, "You're clean." What they really mean is you're just not doing anything ugly. Yeah, I think a lot of it. Um, I've been talking with some friends about it lately. It's more like what's uh, they have a what's considered clean a lot isn't really clean, right? It's more like family acceptable racism and like yeah, being homophobic. Like you can go in. I've seen a lot of acts, and it'll be a very clean show and right. I'll leave being more offended Isn't than any funny? other like Stanhope show or anything like right. that. Right, because it's not honest and it's weird and it's subversive and it's an undercurrent of, of ignorance and, and maybe hate even. Yeah, and lying and just picking on people that you you may not even believe in 
it, but you're going to say it because you know that it's okay. Yeah, it's so fucking brilliant that you say that. I, I'm thinking about a lot of clean people that I've seen, and even a clean comedian that I've been, uh, and clean co- comedians that I've seen uh, recently. You see them do stuff, and there is this like real... Uh, low-hanging fruit making fun of gay people or something. Or or they say sissy, but they don't say yeah. uh, the F word or whatever. Or there, there's I mean. always a, like, uh, uh, I, like I, I, don't, I don't mind if you're gay. Right. Right, right, right. You know. Right, like you're special or yeah, something. Yeah, it's just like I don't, I don't give a shit what you mind. Right, right, like, right. It doesn't, no one cares about what you think. Right, yeah. Just tell me what you're doing. Right, right. That's what I care about. That's fucking great. Why do we keep looking out? That You know, you've really touched on something that really uh, it, it draws me into people's comedy. If they are talking about them and their experience, I know that's kind of obvious. A lot of managers and agents would be like, talk about you and talk about what, what your deal is. It took me like almost eight years of doing comedy before I was like, oh, I think I get what they mean by that. And, and it's what you're saying. Nobody cares what I think about somebody else as much as they. I'm an authority. That you lived it. That's what you're talking about before. But but ugly and okay. Like I would think that I would love to hear a great abortion joke from a lady who had an abortion. Yeah, there you go. Like I don't really want to hear an abortion, or from a guy's perspective, taking his lady to go get an abortion. Right, right, right. But I don't want to hear what a guy who's never been through this situation at all. I know. Thinks about it. I've said this before. I know. But Steve Martin says when we're young is when we make all the jokes about cancer and stuff and then someone you love gets, gets cancer can- yeah. and you're like suddenly we don't we don't joke about that as much anymore now you, you your son has autism autism and that's not all he is but i'm just on this on this <laughs> well, no, topic you said it perfectly you didn't call him my autistic son ah. he, he is my son that has autism. Ah, there you go that's what i used to that's what i used to say with uh we're not a christian band we're a band that happens to be christian <laughs> <laughs> Back in my Christian band, we didn't really have a Christian band. We were we were more punk rock. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, the reason I say that is people would be uncomfortable making jokes about autism because if you were in the room, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we know this about your family, but like really. Anyone in the audience, like uh, like a rape joke, we always say, I think it's statistically like one out of three or something like that. So really, if you're looking at an audience of hundreds of people, there are people that have been uh, assaulted yeah. in the crowd. Now, what do we do with that, though? On, on one hand, I guess would it be different if you wanted to make a joke about autism? It, kind of going by our own model? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, it's... From I think this it's a tricky episode, situation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm not trying. I mean, the model that we've set up together, and we're in this together. I'm not trying to put you in the hot seat, and we're not, um, you know, chiseling any commandments. Yeah, for I mean, I don't want to tell anyone. They can talk about anyone can talk about whatever they want. Sure, I, I don't personally care. But like, uh, and it's a tricky situation. For a while, I didn't talk about like I had joke about jokes about him having autism, and then I would go to some clubs or some places, and I'd get responses, and people would be like, "Hey, I like that joke about your retarded kid." That's and not I, true. That's a true yes, thing. Yes, true what, story. It was another those... comedian. Oh, what do I know their name? <laughs> no, you definitely. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably never will. That guy. There's no way you can be funny if that's what's happening. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, it shook me. I mean, for like a good six months. I stopped telling the joke after that because I was like, is this what people are thinking? Is that how like, it was coming across or something? Yeah. Do you remember what the joke... I don't want to burn it's material. It's the same but, jokes that I do now, but uh, I just remi- brought them back. Remind me... Well, what I, I just um, I just do jokes about him having autism and still being kind of like a jerk, which is true <laughs> because like the, the main thing about uh, that I love about it is like he basically cuts through 
every social norm or thing that we put in front of him. Like, How old is he? He's nine now. Okay. But it's been like, he um, was diagnosed when he was two. Okay. And so like, if we'll have Christmas gifts and he knows the, where there are, or he knows that it's around the season, he'll just be like, give them to me. Like, <laughs> those are my gifts, right? And, then, and we'll just be like, you have to wait for Santa Claus. And he was like three at the time. And we go, you have to wait for Santa. And he just goes, that's dumb. Really? Yeah. And that's I was like, that's where he's right. It he is, is right. He's just not playing the game. Exactly. He doesn't have that that part of him that's that's bullshit. That's kind of like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'll he wait. through it. Yeah, he's just like, no, that's my stuff. Yes. You bought it for me. Yes. Give it to me. Interesting. So he is, is he a funny guy? He's a super funny he got, guy. He's got to be because, uh, again, I, I, you can track what I'm watching by listening to this show. I just watched a Bukowski <laughs> documentary. I can't be bothered to read a book, but if there's a movie <laughs> about a guy who wrote books and poetry, I will watch the shit out of that and then sound kind of smart. He talked about having a really hard childhood, and this is very, very different, but he, uh, his father was kind of abusive to him and used to kick the shit out of him, apparently, a couple times a week. And then he said that uh, that made him, and I'm going to bring this back, and I, I, it might feel weird right now. He said that made him an artist because it got rid of all pretense. He says what he means. No one says what they mean. Yeah. And he said because when he, he was being abused and stuff, it just made him a, like a one-for-one person. He was like, it's a luxury to be coy. It's a luxury to like pretend there's a Santa Claus or whatever. I'm saying a funny, creative person like your son probably just speaks one-for-one. I want my toys. Give me my toys. That's a funny thing. Yeah. Right? I believe that's true. I think um, the greatest lessons that I've had to help me become a better comedian are all things that help strip that away. Yes. Like um, having the son with autism definitely was like I had to get rid of all these expectations I had from even having a son. Right. Just being like, oh, I'm going to put this kid through college and he's going right. to become maybe he'll be in the NBA or a doctor. And I was like, well, I don't know what he may do. Right, right, right. I can't have any type of expectations. Right. And I, and I can't. Why do I put these on me as well? Right. And then. Uh, yeah, what does it have to do with you in a way, I suppose? Is that what you mean? I just mean like, you know, the same type of expectations I would have put on him. Are things that I put on myself mm-hmm. about things that I don't even really care about. Like mm-hmm. at the time, like I was working at a bank and wanted to, to just basically stack money and buy a house yes. and be a regular person. And then I was just like, I don't even like this. Right. Like I don't like banks. I don't like you being were, here. I don't like any of this. You were like conditioned to think that that was the dream, that, that, exactly. that having that sort of. We were just talking about Gary Gullman just at the show and we were talking about money. And money is great. And uh, like, what what is the expression? It's like people who have money don't care about money. There's something about that. Like, once you have a little bit of money, and I think the, the amount is something like $80,000. If you get $80,000, you can't be any richer. Like, that, like, psychologically, you'll just be like, I am now rich, you've hit 80000 and then you don't care about money ever again sort of thing. Not ever again. But I'm just <laughs> saying they realize that that's not where the juice is. Well, um, I'd, I would love to get to that ah! point. Yes, and of figure course. that out. Of course. Uh, but, but, but you realize pre, maybe pre-$80,000, you were saying, I get it. It's not about being a banker. 
it's about following your passion. Or yeah, well, money-wise, it's just about I like having money so that I can go do the things I want to do. Yes. Like, I don't need to just have money. But I like having money just in case someone wants me to go do a gig somewhere and I can't. I need to afford to get myself out there. Isn't that it's interesting? Just, it's just a good tool. Right. We, we, you're from Portland, and I was doing a show with, uh, with a dude from Portland, and he, uh, I, I, it was, we were in Madison, and he was, telling, he was telling me that it took a two-and-a-half-day bus ride to get there, <laughs> which, okay, just sounds like horrible. It just sounds like a terrible uh, travel plan. But I, it was a humbling moment because I was like, holy shit, man, you're doing this to break even and you're spending double the time of the weekend traveling mm-hmm. on a bus. Yeah. And, you, of course, you hate it. Yeah. And I, I actually think he hated it more than other people. Like, I think he was like a hyper-aware person that was definitely unable to tune out the guy, like the fucking what about Bob next to him with the, <laughs> with the fucking fish. He was worried about that guy the whole ride. So you're right. Money that enables us to do what we'd like to be doing. But I, I think you'd agree that we're privileged. Knowing what we like to do. Oh, absolutely. That's a hard one. It, it is a hard one. I feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad for people. I think I feel blessed that I do know what I want right. to do. And maybe maybe your heart hangs a little bit if somebody... The, the, what, look, a lot of life for me is trying to filter out, kind of like what we were saying with your son, and a little bit about what I was saying about Bukowski. I want to be able to communicate in real time actual thoughts and desires without filtering them through all these different lenses of like what's expected of me I should be a banker or what's appropriate or whatever I just want to say I often have to stop myself and go Pete what do you want and I look in the boardroom and it's empty you know what I mean <laughs> the council isn't there I you think you should be able to be like if it's not like food I think one of the reasons we love food is because you know what you want. Do you want Chinese food? And you'll be like, fuck no, I'm not in the mood. That's like, that's like a little control well, in your life. I don't know. I, I'll have extreme freakouts at grocery stores. Sure. And I'll go in there and I'll just be like, I don't want any of this. Yes. It all looks like poison to me. Ah. And I don't want any of this at all. Really? And I'll just have to go leave and come back the next day. You have to shop a little hungrier. or something. <laughs> yeah. You're like, because this, when you're full, you're like, this doesn't matter make any sense that, oh. why would i eat broccoli that's disgusting <laughs> this I have to mix bull- it with something else that i yeah. don't even know yeah yeah also sometimes i get existential in the, in the grocery store and i'm like I, all this like planning ahead for a meal like i'm gonna eat this apple in three days <laughs> <laughs> what a weird what a weird thing that we have to consider what am i gonna want to eat in three days <laughs> well if i know me he <laughs> loves apples <laughs> he'll still love apples tomorrow yeah right <laughs> That's so great. So you know what's interesting is talking about stripping away and figuring out what we want. I, it seems to me, uh, being a, any parent, not a, uh, even a parent of a child with autism, but any parent seems that it would strip you down and make you a little bit more direct. Because you, you're raising a child, and I'm assuming you're sleeping a little bit less. <laughs> sleeping a lot less. Sleeping a lot less. Uh, and and then you're married as well. I don't, I don't know anymore. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> We're Is making it, it weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm laughing and I'm uncomfortable and I, I don't know how to feel. Tell me how to feel. What is happening? <laughs> will you, Rod, will I you tell, tell you me how, how to, to feel, Pete? Every time as we're speaking, and we'll get to what you just brought up, what we're speaking about 
I, I'm getting this really distinct impression that you are, are can't really be uh, as affected as maybe I can. Like, you seem cooler than I am in the sense. <laughs> Ricky Gervais just tweeted something. Somebody was like, he always replies to his fans, and someone said, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you or upset you. And he wrote, uh, you never could, you didn't, peace, or something like that, which, mm-hmm. is, which is mildly cheesy, but also admirable. I read that, and I was like, you can offend me. People offend me on Twitter all the time. You seem a little bit more like I can't offend you. Like you're saying people can't say things on stage that would offend oh, you necessarily. Oh, no. I'm very sensitive. Oh, are you? I can get deeply offended. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just take it home and work it out. in my. I'll take things that weren't offensive and then just work them in my head until I get home and go, I think he was trying to put me down. Is that right? It is very true. I, I, I put off this... Very much. I understand the vibe. I know it's coming out, but inside, sometimes I'm I'm very unsure, very nervous. And, Interesting. Um, but I also, at the same time, I'm very sure. I just very much believe in this. There's no reason why I should be here otherwise. There's no reason I should be sitting here next to you other than the fact that I believe that I could be. And you so I believe that you could be a gr- a good comedian. Exactly. Okay. So you believe that I, I, this comes up on the show all the time is the contradiction. It's like the two sides of the coin. A grotesque confidence. I, I call that Hurricane Pete. There's, <laughs> there's a Pete of me that just will destroy a city. Just an amazing, confident guy. And then also the same guy that you're talking about. I also have him where I will replay a conflict in my brain and break it down and live out six different fantasies <laughs> of the worst case scenario. Yeah, I've done this. And I'll tell you, I, I don't consider myself famous at all, but the more notoriety you get, you become a little bit more concerned. For example, I, I was like, maybe I'll, uh, what if I did uh, mushrooms at a festival, right? And then I was like, well, what if someone recognizes me and I'm like throwing up Skittles? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, the, like it makes it a little bit different. Like, it, it, uh, so the only, that's only getting worse, I suppose, yeah. is what I'm saying. I mean, I've never really had, the, the only time I've, ever really notice is like if i uh i did get upset about something and then i tweeted about it yes and then it got like back to not only the person that i was upset about but yes. like their bosses yes. and then some other people and i was like i didn't think anyone was paying attention to yeah. me at all that's really great this show is that sensation i in fact if, if you have my number if you after doing this go like i shouldn't have said that you'll be like me <laughs> that's that is the feeling of doing the show but the more i do it it's like working out this muscle of self acceptance where you're like yeah i said that i make mistakes all the time i'm so thrilled that i that i uh, talked about your child in the right way and then i was like but chances are i wouldn't you know what i mean i'm fucking up all the time i'm making mistakes all the time and i'm not on the show to say that uh that i'm perfect at all and then later uh people will be like this was bad or that was bad and i'm just kind of like i agree well what's wrong with making mistakes that isn't anything wrong with making mistakes that's exactly right malice that if you have malice and hatred in your heart if you came at me and was just it's like like a morning radio guy going like, "Hey, I heard you have this kid right, with autism. Right, 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 right. Tell me about that." But and you... then played like a toilet flush, Chico and the man. I'm sorry, I just can't not do that if morning radio comes up. So anyway, he's a great kid. Well, okay, there's so many things that that are happening right now. We could go towards what? So you've been married? Yeah, I've been married for seven years. Seven years. Okay, so my powers of math, you had the baby, and then two years later you get married. Perfect math. (laughs) 
But you're a young man. Yeah, I'm 29. Shit. You, look, you, you, also, you also look younger. Yay. I thought for sure you were like 24 or 5. Oh, okay. I, I thought, and, and people love you, man. People love you. So it's kind of like I like uh, taking a story and making it even better. I'm like, <laughs> and you know he's only 25. <laughs> <laughs> do a comedy six months. <laughs> I make that's another thing I'll do. I'll make the story so good I start to hate you. <laughs> Conan was his first set. <laughs> he got it by having a vibe. <laughs> JP enjoyed his vibe. Uh, okay, I enjoy so, JP's vibe. He's got a great vibe. I, I ran into him last night. Always sharply dressed. Yeah, very much. Like nice, nice. Like he could be a fit model. You know what a fit model is? <laughs> like he just is whatever size he's wearing. That's that's this guy that's supposed to wear a large. I'm like, that's right. I wear things and the sleeves are short, pants, you know, where's the flood? I'm a big problem. I always look like a sloppy child. You do? Mm -hmm. Well, let's see. Friendly guys of comedy tour. (laughs) Likeable comedians of badly dressed, likeable comedians of comedy tour 2012. I like it. It's happening for real. I said I saw a baby dressed like you. I wish I took a picture of that baby. You saw? Is that real? Yeah. You saw a baby dressed like the me? The baby looks just like you. The baby it looked had like a me. blue hoodie on and some nice little pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that's Pete Holmes the baby. <laughs> I wish so badly. What guy, I don't know what level of narcissism it is, but if people are like in Germany backpacking and they find some German guy inevitably that looks exactly like me and they send me that photo, I feel so happy when I see that. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm in Germany. Like, that's me. And they're usually really right. For some reason, that makes a world. Oh, no, this baby looks just like you. I've got, I got to see this baby. But it's gone. Where is this baby? This baby was in Portland. Oh, let's go. <laughs> okay, so you were married. Uh, you are currently legally Currently um, legally married. And uh, you're okay talking about this? Yeah, absolutely. This is not you made it uncomfortable for the guests. <laughs> but we do like talking. You know I'm divorced. Yeah. And I got married. So how old were you when you were ma- when you got married? Let's see. 21. 20, yeah. Is that right? Let's see. 22. 22. Yeah. As was I. Hey. <laughs> married brother. <laughs> divorced brother? Divorced brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a yeah. Question, that's a question. It's 99% divorced brother. Well, tell me what's happening. I was just, I mean, I don't really want to say anything bad about sure, her. Sure, 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 sure. Like Neither but, do I. Uh, but it's mostly a lack of trust, like, and the thing of be getting it? more popular, and then she's not believing that I'm not sleeping with other people. That is pretty, I say interesting a lot, but you're really saying a lot of interesting things. <laughs> it uh, Trust is a huge fucking thing. And the last, uh, uh, one of the relationships I was in recently the girl was uh, very. Uh, it's me. It's Ron. It's Honey Funches in the homes. We're not getting blowjobs in the bathroom, man. No. And like this girl uh, kept thinking that I was. Like she'd come, come with me to shows. Yes. And if I left because I needed a goddamn minute to go over my set. She assumed that's when I was throwing it up some stranger. Yeah, absolutely. The fuck? It was... Have we met? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I'll say what – you don't have to say any of this, but that's how I felt. And, I, and, and then I was like that, – that's one of the times I was like that's not going to work because it's only going to get worse and since that relationship, that was a while ago, since that relationship, it has gotten worse. 
I'm not saying I, I I haven't done it, but I have been offered like blowjobs in bathrooms. Still not that uh, really that dude. You know what I'm saying? But like I'm like, oh my my uh, ex was really on to something. <laughs> Just the soothsaying. <laughs> she should prophesy me getting some free hauls. That's, that's all I want. That's all I want is free hauls. Uh, but trust is huge. Yeah. And 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 to the comedian. So I'm guessing she is not a comedian. No. And uh, did she come to shows? Yeah, she come to shows. She's very supportive. It yeah. Was enjoyable, but it was just it was very similar, and it was weird because like we were more poor, and I wasn't successful. It was more like we were a team. And yes. Everybody. It was us against the world. Right. And then as I started getting more popular, it was just like, well, you're gonna go out and do this, and I would miss them, and then I'd come home, and we would just. Fight. fight and then were you getting can i ask you this were you getting the road phone call where you'd have the fight in the middle of the day and then you'd, yeah you'd go out and do a show for a couple hundred people absolutely just still or a couple stewing. dozen people <laughs> <laughs> but the point is 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 you're trying to get in the zone and now you're going on stage and you and and you're being Pissed. yes and that doesn't work for you no it doesn't work for me either I was just talking to Gary Goldman about some sort of touchstone backstage, something to think about, dancing kittens or something that helps me get in touch with where I am. Yeah, I have a little mantra that I try to do before. What is it? I don't really want to tell you that. That's fine. I'll tell tell you my religious one. I had a religious one. Back when I was more religious, I said, uh, what was it? It was something like... So I, I tried to take the, the I, something, and I, you know, I kind of didn't really mean it. I remember at the time not really meaning it. I'd be getting the applause and the laughters and stuff or whatever, and I would be like, let me just kind of, uh, like, a, like, a, a, like an uppercase J, let me just shoot that up to God sort of thing. <laughs> that was the feeling. Because have... I was like, this is for your glory. I was kind of deluding myself because really it was for my own glory, and that made me uncomfortable. No, I think we have similar mantras then. Is that right? A, my, I will tell you mine. It's, well, this is weird. This is making it weird. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I'm but an uppercase usually J. Usually before every show, I just go, uh, dear gods, goddesses, ancestors, aliens, people, whoever watches over me. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I understand it is not in me or within me or from me, but through me that these abilities flow. Oh. Let's go out there and have a good time. Fuck. <laughs> Come on. Free podcast? <laughs> this is a free podcast? Jeez, man. Thank you so much for that. That gave me chills. And that is very similar to what I was saying, yeah. and I still catch myself saying something, but the, the reason I don't like my old mantra was because it was kind of specifically homogenized white bread Christian. Yeah, this is this was for you, Jesus! Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I was the 3-6 Mafia, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I like yours. Yours is definitely informed by mushrooms. Yeah, definitely. Or, you know, it's a little bit, and I mean that in a good way. It's kind of like informed. I, when I pray now, that reminds me very much, I say, God... In, in the true God. I say, whatever the true God is, that's who I'd like to speak with. Could somebody put, <laughs> could somebody put me put through? Yeah, put me through to the realness. <laughs> I don't want to talk to the storybook fa- flannel graph Jesus that I was raised with. Get me to the real shit. Is it, <laughs> is it aliens? Is it energy? Is it the force? I don't give a fuck. And that, and that, that, what we're doing that's beautiful and what, what's lost when we strip away all religious belief and any faith, what's lost is the beauty of what you just said that really resonated with me, which is the idea of being a vessel of blessing people with the entertainment, being blessed by the performance yourself, yeah. having people united, connected. The world is a better place, hopefully, during the show. 
fear of death is alleviated, love is increased. This this stuff yeah. can happen. Well, I don't I mean I don't try to make it bigger than it is, but it's like bringing people joy and happiness. Is there, is there, yes. is there anything more important than that? Like, I you know yes. Come on, Go, <laughs> follow that thought. That's a good thing. It's a, a wonderful thing. It's a it's a it's real work. Like to me, uh, the word work has been warped from way before I was born. Right, but it's just like. You know, when you work, you learn something, you you change, you evolve something. Like when I was working at the bank or working at a grocery store, I was just pushing these same carts up this hill. I never, they would always be down at the bottom the next day. I never learned anything. Yeah. You know, I just huh. memorize things. Now that I do comedy, I've learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things just that help me in my life. Yeah. And so, like, that, like, this is real work. And that's also a fight that I would have with my wife being like, this is work. Yeah. I'm not, it's not blowjobs and smoking pot and living like a rapper, which is what she would say. Right. Well, but then I would do a lot of smoking pot and <laughs> kind of living like a rapper. <laughs> and, but to her point, I was really living like a rapper. No, no, no. You're, you're right. It's both. Again, this is another, we've stumbled upon another contradiction. Because you've just heard me get quite lofty about comedy. I've said uh, that it's like a ministry. Uh, and I really do because I'm ministering to them. They're ministering to me. And there's something uh, communal and kind of uh, unifying that's happening. And that feels like real work. And it does inform my life. It improves my life. It do- not just making me funnier, but it makes me more thoughtful. It makes me more present. It makes me more engaged. It helps me listen to people. As strange as that sounds on a show where I do most of the talking and it's really <laughs> annoying. No, no. But, like, but then on the other side of the coin, what is it? Uh, I, I was just in fucking uh, – where was I? Anybody? Where? Indiana, that's right. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Jesus, I was just in Indiana, and we would be up till th- three, four in the morning, drunk, yeah. drunk as fuck. I, I, you know, I'm not always doing that, but sometimes I do that. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I go home after the show and watch the town for the 18th time, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, "Fuck it, let's do it. This is a fun town. Let's have 18 cocktails." And it's a stressful job. And there is some stress, and there's also something to celebrate. If the show goes really well, my my impulse is like, not that I robbed a bank, but more like. <laughs> We did it. Like, it happened. Yeah, I definitely, I don't like over-celebrating. That's actually one of my, that's something that does piss me off when What's I see, that? like, um, like in Portland, there's a lot of local comics that th- want to do, like, an um, open mic, and then, well, this was more when I started. It's changed a lot. But more when I started, people would want to go do an open mic and then go do cocaine. And right. just like, well, you didn't do anything. Right, 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 right. In fact, that's kind of my whole attitude and my fear about drugs in general is that, like, it's this extension of the celebration when nothing happened. I'm worried about how my own capacity when I'm – if I do smoke pot, I will be like convinced sometimes that I'm just – like I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I had this weird fantasy as I drove here today of a friend of mine from Boston and I, and I know he smokes a lot of pot just sitting around being like – this is the shit. We're the next thing. We're the next thing. Because that's how you can feel. So I'm with you. Chris Rock on WTF, did you listen to that? Yeah, absolutely. He talked about how, like, you need to go home and be alone. And I agree. Like I, like I, like I was saying, yes, I, when I was in Indiana, two of the three nights I, we went out, and I was with uh, two friends, and that made a big difference. Most of the time I do go home, and most of the time I am writing down notes from the yeah. show, and most of the time I am – just kind of basking in that feeling that's seeing what grows. The weirdest part of like, cause I haven't, I've been pre- separated from my wife for like the last two months. And the weirdest part has been like, well, I don't have anything to do, but go home and listen to and like, I hate listening to my sets, Yeah, but I'll go home and listen to my sets. And then I'm like, Oh no, it's easier now for me to go through and go, 
like if I do three sets that night, I'll go like, well, this is the way I should have said it all three right. times. Right. This is the way I'm going to say it from now on. And it's easier than that would have taken me like three or four months to figure right, out. Right, right, right. I just figured it out in the evening. Yeah, we're often in our own way because I'm, I'm a single man and I have a hard time. I never listen to my own sets. And, and in fact, Chris Thayer, who was opening for me, haunted me because he was like, you don't record your sets because I would say a joke differently. And that was the perfect way. And now... Really, the only way I can get back at it is getting into a frenzy and, f- and the adrenaline's firing in my brain and feeling creative. And then I'll say it again that way. And then two, three times I do it, I'll remember it forever or whatever. But I might, I might be losing some stuff. Yeah, but also, like, do you want to go in and just go, this is the way I have to say it now from all times? Like, what? This is another contradiction. I'm with you. you. It's both. (laughs) It's both. We should listen to our sets. And also, we should be like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm the master of this castle or whatever. And this is my house. I'm going to do it my way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm contradicting myself exactly. But that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. Do you want Chinese food? I don't know. I don't know if I want an apple in two days, and I don't know if I should listen to my sets or if I should just go, I got this. Mm-hmm. I, I got this is easier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely easier to just say I got this. Here, here's, a, here's a troubling thing for me that I'd like to make weird with you now is the idea – what? what? Uh, Ron, if I might make this weird with you now. Mm-hmm. The idea – as I hear you speaking – Divorce is all around us. The Matrix is all around us. As it's is surrounding divorce. us as we yeah, speak. Yeah. It's with you when you go to work, <laughs> when you go to church. Uh, it is. I just, before this show, got an email from an old friend from my high school that is getting divorced. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just today, just now. And, uh, and now we're talking about it. And I got divorced. And here's the problem. And especially with comedians, which doesn't apply to my friend, but with us. It's hard for me to not become a guy, and I don't want to become a guy, that goes, I got divorced, and then I had so much more time to work and focus and be inward. Like you're saying, more time to listen to my sets. Uh, Now that I'm single even, not even a girlfriend, uh, I say yes to shows without even looking at my calendar. You want to do that? Yep. You want to? Yep. It's It's two weeks and not, yep. You know what I mean? I'm going. There's no apologies. There's no text. There's no sorry. I'm going to miss you, sweetie, and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, again, the other side of that is that wears thin sometimes, and you yeah. do miss being missed. You miss being loved. You miss. Being... Well, you miss living in a life. You miss living a life. You become some sort of weird robot. Yeah, where it's just all comedy. Like um, the manager at uh, Helium in Portland, um, he's kind of like a mentor to me. And I would always like just comedy, 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 comedy. And then I would get kind of mad. Like there's a comedy softball group that'll happen. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be like, why are they doing that? They, like a lot of them don't even go to mics, but they're going to go play softball. It's it's not a team sport. We're not all going to make it. And then he would just go, because softball's fun. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah, you got to have fun yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a fucking jerk. No, no, you're not a jerk. You're saying some, a secret thought that I think a lot of people have. And, and, and your mentor guy is right, though. You should fucking play some softball. Yeah, every now and then. Every I mean, I'm not then. going to. I will ah. make fun of people while they play. On Portlandia, you played softball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that's true, man. I, you know, the idea of living a life worth commenting on is something that comes up on the show a lot. I think you do need to do fun things, road trips and stuff. And and you uh, you do do uh, mushrooms occasionally, isn't that right? Yeah. Did, did I hear a story that you you and <laughs> Rory did a funny thing? Yeah, we and Rory and uh, Andy Haynes, Alex Cole, some other friends yes. of ours, Chris Garcia. I love all these people. Yeah, they're a wonderful, wonderful. Such a people. fucking great group. <laughs> Sometimes I just I just get filled with so much love thinking about the people that we hang out with and then you go into the fucking woods and you took mushrooms with them yeah well and they yeah they were like you want to go on a mushroom hike and i was like sure but i don't really hike at all Ah, i thought you were gonna say (laughs) i don't really do mushrooms (laughs) you want to go on a mushroom hike sure man but i don't really hike (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was not prepared i was wearing i think i was wearing like some businessy shoes like wait there really was hiking there was hiking they were serious about the hike that was i thought it was just like outside and mushrooms because they were like we're going up a couple miles and so I quickly petered out and yes. then Rory took too many shrooms and thought he was dying and, and you guided him through I guided him through and, and I, I wrote a joke about it you did? I did when Rory told me that he uh, thought he was dead or whatever took way too many and I was like, "There's no one better than Ron Funches." <laughs> when I'm almost dying, if that you know, when that happens, I'm going to picture you. Just know that. Well, that's way better than calling me. <laughs> yeah, I don't need just, to. I don't need to bother. Yeah, you. don't put this on. Yeah, me. yeah, no, no, no. You'll be my Liam Neeson in the gray. You'll you'll guide me to the other side. That's a weird reference. I, yeah, I, I, I was going to just pretend like I knew it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what's funny? That's our job as comedians is to understand laughs. And your laugh said, "I like you, Pete." I don't get that reference. It's not worth stopping for. Let's keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> good at reading yeah. laughs. But you, how, was your, how was your experience with the mushrooms? I love talking about mushrooms. I, I enjoy them very much. I try to do it. I, I, I have a very sensitive stomach, so I just try to do it with tea. Uh-huh. And um, limited. I don't like to overdo it at all. Well, that's but, what I'm noticing is, is all, these, all the stories about doing it badly and having a bad time. I was like, why do we take so much? Let's take a little bit. Yeah. Take a little bit. That's what I'd prefer. Just a nibble. And then then, then you feel that ecstasy and that closeness, but you're not going to be like, I'm in the rings of Saturn. Well, when I, and I've only done like two or three times, but um, to me, it was always like, I'm down here in this day-to-day maze, and then sometimes if I take some shrooms, I can go and look above the maze and see the straight exit and go, oh, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's going to be shitty sometimes, but it'll be okay, and that's what I like about it. It takes you you a little bit closer to the idea of life being just kind of an absurd illusion or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm always about that. Yeah, Are you about that? (laughs) Yeah, very much I thought about that today. Look, man, I'm sorry. I can only tell you my experience, like we were talking about with comedy. I was making... Making breakfast this morning, as I do, and I was just filled with this like profound sadness and joy. <laughs> Both, Ron. I was almost tearing up because I was so happy. And I was almost tearing up because I was so sad. And like I, I was remembering the story that somebody was a uh, uh, Ramdas and the guy that he uh, studied under, I forget. It's it, everybody knows it. It's uh, it doesn't matter. Katie, Ram Das Guru. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. It's Maha something. It's not Maharishi. It's the other one. Okay. It doesn't matter. This guy goes and sees this Indian guru, and he's so sad. And he just goes, uh, you know, guru or whatever you call him. He goes, I'm my life is filled with so much pain. My my life is filled with so much pain. And the guy 
laughing, smiling, goes, mine too. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's it. That was me. Look, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near those, those levels of thinkers and, and spiritual people, but me cutting up a fucking tomato, I was like, holy shit, both feelings, chocolate and peanut butter are happening right now. I am exasperated and, and want to cry for everyone. And also, I feel like I could take off with love right now. Yeah, I mean... I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, it's but a, but I know that like I, I think it's like mostly it's like dealing with perspective, right? Like sure, uh, suffering itself is just a constant. Like people are going to suffer, and it is at that point if you can realize that and not take it personally. That's I think to me is like I have some friends like that, and I have that are enjoyable people, but not super fun to be around when when you're like. Hey, they just broke up with someone, and they'll, they'll listen to this one. Hi, Shane. Ha! <laughs> 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 you break up with a girl he was with six months, and he's depressed for like ever. Yeah. And then it's like I'm getting like I was married. And I've known this girl half my life, and I'm yeah, handling yeah. it better. Yeah. And it's just like get it together, Is and it- I. Because don't know. Please go. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, I'm just yelling at Shane over. No, yell at Shane. Podcast. Yeah, the yell at Shane. Everyone suffers, and if you just go, well, that's going to happen. It's going to be some days that are great. There's going to be some days that are horrible, and there are going to be some days in between. If I can just keep my positive attitude through all of those things, then life's pretty fun. Right. What can you control in all of these uncontrollable things? I think you're saying you yeah, control. Yeah, it's the way that you act and the way that – not even the way you think, but the, you can control the way you act. Like I am definitely will get angry and, and uh, like even with dealing with this divorce, my wife's been very proactive on the internet yelling things out. No. Yeah, very much so. Ugh. And I'm just like I'm not – like I'm angry. There's some things I'm definitely angry about, but I'm not going to do that. Right. I don't even – like, I don't want to talk about it here, but it's just like, I'm angry, but I'm not going to act like that because that's not going to solve anything. Right, right, right. Oh, that's very difficult. Yeah. But so I, I think I'm hearing you right. Bad things happen and we can we can decide on how we're going to interact with that. Or yeah, whatever. I mean, that's pretty simple. Yeah. Everyone's I just think life's full of suffering. And then the worst part is when people then add their own suffering. Maharishi? Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that, that that tragic understanding of the both of the both, the light and the dark. Yeah. God being somewhere between good and uh, good and evil, being these man-made constructs, and God being in between them. Yeah. Yes. Very much good and evil being man-made. I like that. Yeah. Like, those are just terms that we put on. Those are just. It's actions. like banker. <laughs> yeah. It's like comedian. Yeah. And and that's and that's I think what mushrooms sometimes strips away is the is that feeling of ego and the feeling of what we should be doing and what should be happening and that, and and that's a thing that I often feel when I'm on mushrooms. I'm like, oh, life and death. They're they're in bed together. <laughs> pain pain and joy are in bed together cutting up a tomato and happiness and sadness are in bed together <laughs> and they're 69ing and it's graphic <laughs> it is graphic <laughs> and pain is sticking its asshole on pleasure's nose and he's like come on man but then he secretly likes it because <laughs> he's pleasure baby <laughs> so tell me how much of your persona how much of because i'm interested in this i feel like i'm talking to myself how much of your positivity and your general bubbliness you're like the face of the buddha man <laughs> you really are like i i really In enjoy- general body shape of- <laughs> Not, oh god but i don't know there's something okay so we're both positive dudes let's talk about how much of that is effort 
how much I bet little baby Ron Funches was was a delightful little boy. <laughs> Always, always running with kites and being cool when they got caught in trees. You're like, what can you do? And then, <laughs> Just let it go. <laughs> Jesus, that kid is really well adjusted. <laughs> and then you throw Skittles. <laughs> tell, me, uh, tell me how much of it I'm interested in if you are conditioning yourself at all. It sounds like you are. Yeah. To remain in the positive. Yeah, I mean, very much so, I would say. Because, um, like, when I grew up, like I grew up in my mom and dad like divorced when I was four and then and my dad got into drugs and so I didn't see him for like eight or nine years. So then there was that part and then my mom got like into an abusive relationship with a guy for like ever until I moved to Oregon. Well, and so there was always this like there's going to be crap. Yeah. There's always some kind of crap. And I just remember being a kid just being like, I hope that there's something nice coming later. And then I was like 19 or 20 and, and 21 and just working. And I'm like, no, there isn't anything coming. I have to go and get it. Right. And uh, You have to save yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Again, the movie The Grey plays here. <laughs> well, I won't say how, but there's a moment where he's like, I got to do this for, for myself or whatever. I clearly just saw The Grey. Anyway, uh, so... I clearly there, have not seen it. Yeah, I know, and it's and it's a good uh, weed movie. I feel like I'll check it. It's out. also it's, it's a good movie for those people who didn't have an existential crisis in college, like I, <laughs> I didn't. And so all that stuff's really new to me. So you just had a mouthful. So your yeah, it's too out, much. was your no 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 not too much at all. I just don't want to waste it. There's it seems like there's some there's some good topics in here. Your your parents divorced when you were five. Yeah. Okay, and your mom got was your was your uh, I was gonna say original dad was your, was your <laughs> old school dad was your old school dad dad one point beta dad uh, he wasn't abusive or was he no 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 but it sounded like maybe emotionally abusive if he's if well he's mostly like it. I didn't even really remember like at one like right you're I, pretty young yeah I was four and I didn't know like I would just look at like I didn't even know what he was looked like until like, I was twelve is that right yeah. Because it's a blur. Yeah. Especially if it's if it's at all tense. And if your parents are just getting regular, not drug-related, but just regular divorce, there's a lot of tension. So kids kind of, I think, go can go into like a coasting mode where they don't remember a lot of shit. I will say my family, I, I would put us in maybe a more normal uh, – or I don't, I don't know why I want to defend it. The point is that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. My parents used to argue like parents do, and I blocked it out. Like I wasn't able to deal with it, so I just kind of erased a lot of the files, kind of in a Ron Funchies sort of way. <laughs> and I did call you Funchies in the idea that I was like, these files aren't really serving me. And now as an adult in therapy and, and uh, whatever, meditating, I'm trying to like go back and, and think about some of those things that I erased yeah, uh, but because there's some of the some of the data still there, still some corrupting of the, you. It is. It it remains like a tiny little virus that's that's bubbling in there. You're you're a young man to have figured that out. You're, <laughs> you're you're several years ahead of me to know that. So you don't remember dad beta dad, <laughs> and then and then your mom married uh, abusive dad. Oh, she didn't marry abusive dad. She was with abusive dad for. Oh, I, I, <laughs> Thank you for using the name abusive dad. We agreed upon. Yeah, now that I've said it, I have to continue saying. <laughs> it's the game. Uh, so she, you lived together. Yeah, yeah. As a fam. Mm-hmm. And physically abusive. Yeah. Is this is this where comedy comes from? No. <laughs> nah. What I mean is. 
And I don't want to get too too typical here, but like, is your were you wanting to extinguish the fire of these tensions? Were you trying to save the family? Yeah, there was a lot of that. I mean, it was more like me and my sister, like older, or younger? Always, younger. She's two years younger. Okay, and I would always joke with her to kind of alleviate. Uh, stuff that was going on yeah and uh, i think that's when i originally and then it was always like watching comedy was helpful like i would watch a lot of i love lucy or like <laughs> benny hill and just be like this is what i really enjoy right and you grew up in the 60s and then you were <laughs> frozen <laughs> and now you're back. yeah that's what my mom's like. that's what she would say i'm like an eight-year-old kid watching the old i love lucy yeah. episodes and she's just be like what the fuck is wrong with you? i kind of get it because it's that utopian sort of perfect place nothing's going wrong except that conveyor belt's a little wonky and it's more real in a way um the fact it's realer than the more shows that are out today like there's interracial relationships they're mean to each other a right, lot. right 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 like, it's very real in the way that a lot of tv shows don't it's do like, now you're absolutely right like even i know it's a different era but all in the family they were like real shitty to each other sometimes and like and it, we didn't re- we don't really have that as much anymore no. we've been homogenized a little bit we have modern family which is a great show yes. but they they're all always being pretty nice to each other the worst you might get is thoughtless <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I i forgot your birthday is is a big thing whereas on i love lucy it's like bitch <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know he, i love the, lucy. there were several episodes where uh, like they thought that he had hit her and he the response was always like finally he finally uh, is that true yeah that's hilarious that is really really funny so comedy served you as well yes so that that goes back to your mantra a little bit it's going through this medium and serving little ron funchies <laughs> it's it's ministering to you it was helping you absolutely so this i think is, is a is a source of this nobility that might be lofty and our heads might be up our asses but fuck it man i like comedy and i think it does a good thing for people yeah very much so that was one of the weirdest and meanest and also truthful the last conversations I had with my wife was that she was like hey I want to go and do some things for me I want to be better and I don't care what the consequences are and like similar to what you do like she's a you're willing to sacrifice everything you have to just be better at comedy and and I was like, that sounds harsh. And, I, and she's like, you're willing to sacrifice this family to be better at comedy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds horrible. Yep. But not something I can really deny Buddy, either. Thank you for your honesty. Honestly, I was just thinking about this with all of my comedy friends, good, good friends of mine. I'm always in the back of your mind. You're a little bit like you'd push me in front of a bus if it made you 30 <laughs> percent. You would straight up. You, 30 percent 30 funnier that's pretty funny you'd shoot me in the neck with a crossbow <laughs> you would do it and i'd do it too like i would feel real bad about it i'm so sorry Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that there's a little bit of a cruelty underneath it let's talk about this man and fucking what you just said is so beautiful free free pod it's still a free podcast it's a free <laughs> podcast uh i um the idea that my my wife was very aware that my real love was comedy. That 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 was a that was a tragedy. That's something that I have to work through yeah. in hopes that the next uh, relationship, I was going to say next marriage or whatever, isn't that way. Uh, but it, it's it's tragic. She was like, "That's your first love. That's your love." You would. She didn't say the bus thing or the crossbow thing, but she wasn't as funny as I am. <laughs> so that that's tragic. So it's very difficult, and let's even not not just comedians being with anybody. 
fucking Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. his wife, I don't even know, I, I'm not through the book yet, I don't know if he was married, it's going to be hard to be in a relationship with Steve Jobs because you would fucking, he would push his wife in front of uh, a bus to make the sales of the Lisa better. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Lisa, okay, good reference. I don't, I mean, I don't really, what I would always say to her was like, I don't understand, you're the one pushing the conflict here. Yeah. Like, Comedy is what I do, and I would often say a part of what I am. Right. Like, it's not something I love. It's what I am. I'm going to do comedy, hopefully, until I die. You're going to merge with comedy. That's the plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you so, and comedy are going to, like, just blend into one color. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is the that is the honest-to-goodness plan. And I was just like, well, I still, as far as relationships, you're still number one. Yeah. Like comedy isn't a person, you know. Right. But I do understand that it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Right. It takes a lot of travel. We are mixing metaphors. One is a person, and one is a is is a, a different type of passion. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a different type of love. It's a different type of love. Yeah, that's interesting. Relationship, but that type of love, uh, my my weird ex girlfriend and your wife both thought that that love had to turn into bathroom blowjobs. But really, I think maybe that's just the only way to say, hey, this thing is taking too much of you. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Because I used to hurt that girlfriend's friend a lot when I would take a show or something. She took that personally. Because that, that's, that's one for one. We're either going out or I'm doing a show. But we were, we were pretty codependent. We would hang out just assumed yeah. seven nights a week. And then it would be worse. Like I would try to take her out and then to shows and then it would be more like, I mean, a lot of comics talk about because it then it's like, well, I'm working, and you want to make this a date. Right. You know, and it's just like, I can't, like, I can bring you here, and we can have fun, and you can go meet some people that you've always wanted to meet right. and have a great time, but I can't stay here and hold your hand. Right, right, right. I have to go do the set, and then afterwards, I'm pretty much not going to want to go and sit there. I'm going to be either excited about my set and go walk around, or I'm going to be upset about it. Right. But either way, it's like, it's it's... It, she would always try to make it like a date thing and then I'm always like well you're just coming with me to work right and like, even though my work looks exactly like a night out <laughs> yeah. because we're outnumbered by the people they are having a night out and then there's five of us who aren't yeah and that, you're with that weirdo that's so funny you said that I never <laughs> I never really thought about that until I, I went to uh, uh, one of, they were holding a competition at the club in Portland and I, it was one of the first times I really just sat and watched a whole show in a long time like yeah. I watch a lot of sets of people I like right. but I don't watch a whole show Right. and then I'm watching this show and looking more at the audience and I'm going these people are dressed up yep. like it's their graduation right. like, yep. and I go and this is just another day at the office right. and I go I, I really like that that it's become that for right me. yeah well that that's what it is uh, when we start, and I bet you can remember as well, when you start, it's so absurd. Uh, and I, I remember uh, my ex-wife was like, uh, there was a point where it was like, I don't want it to be, oh, I have a show Wednesday. I want it to be, oh, of course I have a show Wednesday because yeah. that's what I do. But when you're starting, you have so few shows that it is special. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get to the point where, of course, that's what I do. Now, I, I love taking nights off. I don't have a show tonight. I could definitely do a show if I if I really needed to. Not going to do a show. Glad I'm not doing a show. Going to fucking go to dinner with my friend and like watch Mad Men. You know live, what I'm saying? Live life. Live life a little bit, which to me often looks like retreating from life. 
I've actually been thinking about that. As there's there's a momentum, and then there's a, and then there's a seclusion or whatever. You, you or reserves. You can have reserves, which is where if I want to have a really good podcast, uh, I'll try not to talk for most of the day. Like if we were doing this podcast at four, I will get up in the morning and just not talk all day. I'll read, I'll watch documentaries, and of course, and all this sort of stuff. And then by, by the time I see the guest. I'm genuinely thrilled to see a person. That's one way to uh, get this level of entertainment or whatever it is I'm doing. The other way is momentum, and that's what I'm doing today. Up at, at uh, I was up at like 7, I did uh, therapy, then you do it, uh, I had a voiceover, and then you come here, and then after here I go to another thing, and like you just keep moving. Yeah. Like the centrifuge or whatever. That's what I like. That's why I like coming here. Yeah. Because um, then there's things I can do in the daytime. Yeah. Well, and and the more and the longer you do it, sorry to become like old man comedy here, but the longer you do it, the more your days do fill up, and it's a good feeling. Yeah, and then and then you can actually do a lot of comedy in a day, and not necessarily do a set at night. You'll find that yeah. there's other other colors to paint with when yeah. you're doing comedy. Very much. So. That's been new for me. Yeah, going on meetings or going yeah. to writings with people, and that's what I really enjoy. It's a type of it performance me, in itself. Yeah, and it just makes me feel like I'm doing more than waking up at four in the afternoon to right. do a show. That's not good. That's not good for our psyches. No, it's possible. But it, it, it would be living at, a, at a, the, a higher, better level if when we're – even though we could sleep till four in the afternoon, we don't because we have something that we want to create during the day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, are you still in uh, Portland? And I'm moving here in, in next month. See, this is this is the, what what we fucking need to deal with, man. <laughs> is that this this divorce thing <laughs> then enables you to move here next month? Is that part? Is that some yeah, of it? That's all, most of it. I don't want to be a bitter guy that goes, "You got to get divorced to fucking make it in comedy." I know. I don't want to be like <laughs> that either. I didn't want any of that, and that's the whole thing. And then I got to deal with her being like, "Oh, you're abandoning us so that you can go do comedy," and I go, "Well, it really does look like that." Yeah. It? Right, jeez, and it did, and you know, my wife ended uh, my thing because she fell, she fell for someone else, fell like a like a ruse. <laughs> hey, so said, get over here. I got a roll. Oh, there was some trickery in mine as well. Was well, that right? A little unfaith. I don't know, not necessarily that, but there were definitely people trying to to tell her that I was doing things that I wasn't doing. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, in hopes... This is Shakespearean. (laughs) In hopes that they would have a penis to cry on? Yeah, yeah, for real. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Fuck that shit forever, bro. (laughs) I've never said bro in my life. (laughs) And I'm so sorry that I just did. But fuck that shit forever, Ron Funches. (laughs) That's some crazy... That is some... uh, That's diabolical. And And it's typically... What you what you just really reminded me? It's the fucking people who are worried that you're cheating, being unfaithful, having bad thoughts, not loving, abandoning, secretly hating, who are themselves not trustworthy, secretly hating, <laughs> not worthy of your trust, unloving. That's what's happening. People fucking put up these goddamn mile high billboards saying. I'm not trustworthy, but what the sign actually says is I don't trust you. Yeah. But uh, you peel one layer back and it's like, <laughs> really, it's me. Well, and I'm not even going to say that. She was like, I've known her for an extremely long time. And we're not, yeah, I wasn't trusted. speaking no, about no, no, her. Of course. Yeah, of course. But uh, I will definitely say that if you start believing something and then treating me, she was like, she was believing that I was cheating on her and then treating me as if she had a husband who was like that, like she, right. you know, and then she had a, but she had a good husband. 
Right. And so it's like, well, I'm not going to let you treat me like you don't have a good husband. That's really, that's that's everything. I'm making breakfast all over again. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a real, that's a real kind of, but what, what the good love that I'm hearing and the goodness that I'm hearing is truth. I'm hearing some really good truth and some nice perspective. Yeah. You don't seem really like disillusioned. Or no, anything. I mean, I was before. And that's the whole yeah. thing is, is figuring out that you were being... Like, cause there was times where I was like, there were friends that I had that she didn't like, and then I couldn't hang out with them. And then, like, they're really nice friends, and then I'm like, oh, I was being that guy. I'm that much of a punk. Yeah, I'll let someone say I can't hang out with someone I'll for gi- no reason. I'll give the keys to, uh, to a woman to every car. <laughs> I'll go drive them all. I don't see that. I don't see my best friend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can I see your tits? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bullshit, man. Not anymore. That's boundaries. That's a new thing. But there is a fucking beautiful thing. Two things that are great about a breakup is you can reunite with those friends that maybe that girl didn't like, and that always happens with me. It's usually TJ. (laughs) Two... (laughs) (laughs) Two, and this is going to sound mean, you don't have to hang out with her friends that you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Oh, yeah. Beth... Get this Beth out of here. Very much so. It's so weird. And and when I was divorced, uh, when I got divorced, and I'm sorry, but, you know, this is kind of sunshiny stuff. There's part of me that was like, oh, I don't have to, like, fucking go to her family for Thanksgiving. I was missed my house. I want to be with my, my mom and my dad. And no, my there, there's some definite pluses. Why am I in Maine with this fucking, you know what I mean? What, what the fuck am I doing here? The food is weird and the house smells different to me. I don't like the soap you have in the shower. You know what I mean? Just like weird shit and then you start to realize that and then of course the main thing is this thing that I'm wrestling with you currently the idea of you can govern your life and you can live as simply and as effectively as you want to and there's, yeah. there's no doubt that that's oh, that gonna... was the whole thing that was the main lesson in what uh, John the manager of the Helium Club yes. teaching me was like he was just like you have to take care of yourself you have to take care of yourself first and I was just like I'm 29 and I've never yeah. taking care of myself well ma- yeah man you've been a dad and you are a dad I'm being, and, yeah and I'm taking care of someone else and you've been a husband and all that sort of stuff and, and, and that that that's beautiful stuff that's good stuff that's not wasted time or anything but I bet you do and what you were saying about your sister and stuff and kind of ushering pleasure into a painful situation as a child you've been a pretty giving person that's what people are picking up that's why you're smiling and that's why people are drawn <laughs> to you they want to they want to fucking use the funches medicine <laughs> Can we rub, rub some funches on this? <laughs> I'm feeling a little blue. Get some funches in here. But now you know what funches needs to do? He's got to rub some funches all over its goddamn self. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be great. And that's going to inform and I hope add dimension to, to whatever wherever your life goes. Not you just being a comedy robot, but you being a fully realized three-dimensional person. Yeah. That I agree, can love but also with comedy, which I think was your initial point. Was, you know, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I mean, I've already had people tell me that like it seems like I there's a little more anger sometimes yes. in my sets now. And it's just a little more uh. well-rounded. A little more, like you said, a little more me getting to exactly what I want to say, where maybe I couldn't say that before. Maybe 
maybe if I saw a girl that was stunning, I couldn't say right, that right, before, right. you know, and Isn't now I can. Yes, it's in the way. I remember one of the first headlining sets I did, uh, uh, my friend Dustin, at the, t- uh, at the time, he told me, he was like, I wouldn't bring your wife. And it wasn't that I could fuck other people. He was just like, you just want to be up there and be able, and this is, these are his words. He was like, if there was a really hot girl in the crowd and you wanted to uh, make fun of how hot she was and that you're married or whatever... I don't even know what he meant, but he was like, you want to be able to do that. You don't want to be able to go, but I'm also being a comedian and a husband at the same time yeah. <laughs> up here. The, I'm juggling two balls. Just worry about, it's much easier to juggle one ball. <laughs> but, but, uh, you can just hold it. You know, <laughs> you, why, why even introduce even the air? It. Yeah, just hold it. Just hold <laughs> on to it. It's funny that you say that, man. Uh when I got divorced, I was doing a lot more happy, slappy, candy cane comedy, which it was just... I know. I saw an old premium blend uh, That's right. You can see my wedding ring. Yeah. In that <laughs> that's right. I watched it a little bit after I was... And I was... You have, uh, uh, from afar, been a very good person. I was like, oh, Pete's been through this. And I'm watching yeah. your old sets, and then I'm seeing like the stuff you did, and I'm like, it, it's okay. It's it okay. is okay. It is okay. And it does introduce anger. And in a funny way, I, I started to go up and I was so pent up and I've never talked about my – I've done it a couple times like at, sl- at slow shows or whatever. I don't – I find the podcast is a much better medium to talk about it because I can be honest and, and it doesn't have to be all punchlines or whatever. But like uh, I would go up on stage and the way that I coped with the anger – so I have this anger and it's for my ex and it's for what happened. And instead I started to just put it on – what I was talking about anyway, and it changed what I cared about. Mm-hmm. I suddenly I understood love and and gentleness and forgiveness and peacefulness and grace. These are things that we can't take for granted. Uh, it's worth fighting for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like real Braveheart shit happening in my brain, <laughs> being like, "This is the cause. This is what we're going against. We're going against the tyranny of sadness." <laughs> and suddenly I'm on stage and I'm talking about cinnamon toast crunch or whatever the fuck. But I cared more <laughs> because maybe you're not eating cereal. Maybe your wife's sucking some dude's dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't directly talking about my wife, but I sure was talking about pleasure over pain. 69 asshole in the face. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask you about pain and anger. I saw that on your notes. Yeah, I right wrote next down. to weed. <laughs> 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 and lo- this says love self massage. <laughs> but what I what that means is after I talk about learning how to lo- funch up on yourself and love yourself and treat yourself, I realize that all the things that I used a girlfriend and I mean in a good way, used a girlfriend to do, go to the beach, uh go to dinner, um, go to the movies. It doesn't have to be fancy stuff. Massage is, is one of the things that whenever I had a girlfriend, I would always go get massages. I think mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, but then my therapist and whatever, a little self-introspection, in, in, uh, I was like, oh, I, you don't need a girlfriend to do those things. No. You, can, you can go to the movies uh, by yourself and it's not sad. You can go get a massage and it's not sad. In fact, the ending's quite happy. Yeah. Up high. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Uh, but I'm just saying that that was one of the things I wanted to tell you. Well, that's one of my – I like it because I think a lot of people – uh, then want to go and be the opposite of the person that they were with, you know? Uh-huh. They don't, and I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes. I learned a lot from her, yeah. And I just want to, I want to take those lessons that I learned and just continue to apply them in my life. I don't want to go, oh, now that I don't want to be with you anymore, it doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy, right? 
the time that we spent or didn't learn from you. I learned a hell of a lot. Right. And you don't have to, you don't have to hate them. No, I don't. You, in fact, hate is just, it's just a calcium deposit in your heart. It's just, it's terrible. It'll fuck your shit up. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't feel anything. When you're talking about it, I don't feel any of that. But, okay, that kind of brings us to pain and anger. Is Ron Funches... <laughs> is Ron Funches able to express anger in a way... When my wife left me, I didn't express it, except when I yelled about Cinnamon Toast Crunch and a couple friends, and I drank a lot. And then <laughs> I uh, have a psychosomatic pain in my balls, like a bad play. Like a fucking Greek play, I feel like someone kicked me in the balls. I still have it. I go to a urologist every year just to make sure it's not anything, <laughs> and, and it's not anything. And they're just like, it's just, it's just your brain. I didn't deal with it, so now I feel like someone kicked me in the balls every once in a while on a road trip or during a movie. And and as every year that passes, it gets much much less. But I don't want your balls to hurt, Ron. No. So can you express anger? Or is there is there are you comfortable with your anger? Are you comfortable with your sadness? Yeah, I mean, I am uh, not completely. Definitely yeah. not completely. Yeah. I recognize there is a lot of pain. Most of the pain now is coming from the fact that I'm not hanging out with my son every day. Right. And I'm not, which I wasn't before because I was traveling, but at least I always knew when I was going to come back. Mm -hmm. And now it's very, and I know the pain also comes from the fact that I know that I, it's hurting him. Mm -hmm. And he's not, it's not like, especially with autism, it's not like I can just go, hey, this is going to be okay. It's nothing to do with you. Right. You know, it's, like, it's just, he's more like, why aren't you here? Right. You know, like, cutting through the, the shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. Exactly. Why aren't you here? I wish you were here. Yeah. Because uh, she doesn't know how to work the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, and like, and then even a practical reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really wish you were here. And you're like, thanks, son. That's so sweet. And he's like, yeah, mom doesn't know how to use that PlayStation. Very well. <laughs> also, I kind of, you know, you're nice to be around. <laughs> Uh, oh, so many things are happening. Were you? No, I'm not. Hook it, and then, well, I guess I was moving on to anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come, hey, that's right. I, I lose track so many times. Uh, anger, sadness. It must be hard. Yeah, I mean, there's mostly a lot of fear right now. What does that mean? Because I don't really mean because I'm kind of just like you said with the uh, self esteem. Like I've, I've been very happy with my comedy and everything, and I feel like I'm getting and I'm meeting wonderful people and enjoying them, and they're enjoying my comedy. And then I'm going, oh, also I don't really know where I live. Like I don't right. know anything about that, and I You're also currently don't know really where I'm going to make any money. Like I have college, I'm, most of my money is coming from college gigs, and it is the summer, so it right. is not happening right now right and so there's mostly a lot of fear and then a lot of anger going like no i wanted every because it's always just her going you just wanted to go and play around and fuck a bunch of people and then come home and play like your husband i was like no i've always been honest in everything that i've wanted said it on stage said it in other podcasts said mm -hmm. it in interviews like i want to fucking have my family there and do comedy and mm -hmm. it's just like you didn't believe that and then you started acting like a fucking jerk and mm -hmm. it's just like so then that's where there's a lot of anger there there is definite anger there because it's like you're telling me that I fucking quit on you and I'm abandoning. And it's like no, you 
fucking quit on me. Right. Because like, you, you didn't, you feel like you didn't change at all. No. It's been the same song. Yeah, it's been over, yeah, over here, I've always felt like it's the same song, and then to the point where I was like, it's not changing. That's where I got, where I was like, oh, well, maybe she'll trust me. If I just take her on some gigs, she'll trust me. Right. If I just... But then, just like with me, it's like, what, you disappear for five minutes. That's when you... Yeah. Die. It was, it was, okay, I take you to gigs, and I was like, okay, now I'm gonna go mic so I can work out some stuff, and it's like, well, why can't I go to the mic? And I'm just mm. like, well, why would you want to? I don't want to go to right, this right, fucking right, mic. Right, 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 right. You want to go hang out in an outhouse for a couple of hours? <laughs> yeah. And, and then I'll try and shit something. To- <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird analogy, but it kind of works. <laughs> I, oh, I get it. Okay, so th- uh, so that's good. It sounds like... Cause you so do there was to- some pain and anger Some pain right and there. anger. Yeah, no, I, I heard that, and that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's got to come out. I was so obsessed with my image as a nice, friendly person. Me too. Even through a divorce, I was like, I'm still nice and friendly. I was more like I would even tell some of my friends, I'm like, but like, I'm the nice married guy, and that's going to be difficult. And people are like, no, you're just a nice guy. Like, you don't have to be married to be a nice guy. That doesn't really define you. Again, kind of like uh, good and evil being words and concepts, man-made concepts. So is so is marriage, and those are things of the heart. And those are things, you know, it's just it's it's just words at a certain point. You know what I mean? So if the relationship ends, and if it ended, and it sounds like it did on Facebook, at least, based (laughs) Sorry I keep liking those statuses. (laughs) She is so funny. Yes, she's she's funny funny and vicious on that. Uh, (laughs) Let me me ask you about, let me go back to what she said, uh, because that also haunted me, was her saying, I want to go and do something and be selfish like you. Mm -hmm. That idea uh, haunts me currently. The idea that someone uh, could love you, and uh, and now we're talking about future people, love you, and you're with them. Is it just a, an hourglass draining where at some point they're going to go, I like what you're doing. <laughs> I really like what you're doing. And I, look, it's it's just understandable. If I And it's not man, woman. I just think it's person and person who has a passion. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be comedian. Mm. If I was like a fucking master chef... And, uh, okay, I'm a woman, and I'm a master chef, and then I'm dating a dude. I bet that dude at a certain point would just break down and be like, look, I thought I was happy, but you ha- you're opening restaurants, and you're on <laughs> fucking Iron Chef, and you won, and Alton Brown loves you, <laughs> and all this shit or whatever. You'd go like, it, you, that person just becomes a symbol of yearning. You just see that. You, it just makes you want more. You want what they have. So then on the show, we're always saying like, do two people, is this why actors always seem to be fucking each other? Is this why artists always seem to be fucking each other and staying together? Uh, other, like, similar, similarly driven people or somebody that's going to be like, I'm cool being in the, in the sidecar or, mm-hmm. or I, don't even, I don't even consider your life the motorcycle. I think my life's the motorcycle, even though if there were a movie, you'd think I was the sidecar. Yeah, I, that is the, I mean, that's. A question that haunts me as well, especially because I really enjoyed being with my wife because I was with her before I even started comedy. Oh, wow. So there was no question of why you like me, right? Like you, or why your enemies like you just liked me, right? That, that it's, was M- always... it's Eminem and Kim, man. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, and that was the fear of where it was going. Uh, to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have songs about Kelliger? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but that that so he uh, clearly and I you know I don't know any that much about Eminem but you know he always goes back to that woman they've been married a bunch of times and it's because they knew each other I think because he they knew each other before he blew up and then like 
if you blow up, presumably, or let's say when you blow up, it'll only get harder. I like that positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always say things like when my show gets picked up and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I love that. It's a little tip, little tip for the for the for the fun people. Uh, so it, it'll just get harder, and, and the, there'll be less people who are, who don't know who you are. Yeah, I think that makes it difficult. But to get uh, back to your passion part, like I don't yeah. know. It seems I think that definitely affected her because it was like, well, you clearly know what you want to do, and I don't really what did, know exactly what I want to do. Did she have an idea when she said I want to do something selfish? Did she have an idea? I don't know. And maybe that's not okay to ask. That's that's her thing or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll keep. I don't. I mean, I really it, don't know. Keep it vague. Yeah. At the end of the episode, instead of crispy, you say vague. <laughs> keep it keep vague. It vague. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so many different things to talk about here. Love self weed. Okay, let's let's keep it a little bit lighter. You love you you love weed. Is that safe to say? I do enjoy it. <laughs> and you're gonna move to Los Angeles where it's street legal. Yeah, you can you can enjoy it all all day every day. I've I've have not had a problem in Portland enjoying it. <laughs> what do I think Portland does? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Of course, of course. So when when are you thinking of moving here? And enjoying the legal weed. Like July second. July second. It's yeah. happening. Yeah, it's happening soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gosh. All right. All right. Tell me about. Does do you think weed is part of your creative process, or is that just something that no, you enjoy? No, it's more just part of what I, my life and what I enjoy. I definitely sometimes enjoy smoking and then just writing things out. Right. Um, but I just. I mean, I'm allergic to alcohol, so like I can't drink at all. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes me my throat close up and. No way. Yeah. What about wait. a nice cooking sherry? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Could you eat like no, that's a, what everyone says? Everyone's like, well, even this? Like, yeah, 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 even yeah. This. What about vodka penny? Like, because it's cooked out, right? Yeah, I think that that's fine. That's okay. fine. okay, but it's like if there's like like I've gone to comedy clubs and I can tell like if the cup had just had alcohol in it and they washed. Because you get a little tension. Yeah, I get a little like yeah. Holy fuck! So it's. So in that part where it's just like, well, I can't ever drink. Things are stressful. I do. I had always, I don't know. I had always been interested in marijuana, even in the young age. Right. I didn't smoke until I was like 16, 17. Okay. All right. And so it's part of it's part of your creative process, but for the most part, it's just kind of a fun thing to do. It's, it's just part of, I just enjoy it. And I will continue to smoke some until I stop enjoying it. Right. <laughs> Love it. And where where are we headed? Where's the Ron Funchies going? It seems to me like you seem kind of like a purist in the sense <laughs> that you would do a show or something, but in hopes that it would get you more stand up. Is that where? Yeah, we're, absolutely. Is that what we're dealing with? I mean, with? my I just want to, like I said before, I just want to die. Not hopefully for not a long time. Right. Uh, doing comedy and pushing my art in whatever aspect it'll go. Like I, I would love to do uh, some acting, some voiceovers, anything, anything that helps. That I, especially anything I haven't done before. Right. I'd like to do. You know. You know. What's great is, is about you is that you're a type. You know what I mean? <laughs> that you don't even realize that when when you're when all of us comedians come into the uh, into the into the slaughterhouse basically, <laughs> and all of the industry and all of the audiences and everybody look out at all the new faces. And every day a bus, you know, it's a cliche, but a bus full of new comedians is coming to New York, L.A. They're coming to Chicago. They're in their hometowns now. There there's places everywhere. Uh, there, it's like we want to become a type. As fast as possible. And I'm not saying turn yourself into Coca-Cola, but it sure fucking helps if you really are a type mm-hmm. and know 
how, who you are, how you come across, what you look like, and you're either going to honor that or betray that comedically. And, and that's something that when I think about you, I can see you in lots of different things. I can see you acting. I can see you doing voiceover. I can see you writing. And I can certainly see you doing stand-up because I, I go for the puzzle piece and it's solid. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not made of uh, wax paper. It's not made of Play-Doh. I pick it up and it feels like Ron Funches. In the dark, I could find it and go, this is the Funches piece. And then we put it in the puzzle. And I think the industry, one of the re- sorry for using that term, but <laughs> one of the reasons the show business aspect, I think, responds to you is because the puzzle piece is a solid piece of matter. Uh, and I feel like you know who you are and where you're headed. And I think that's, that's rare, especially uh, at your age, I guess. And then, and it's only going to get better. And dare I, how old are you again? 29? Yeah. So I was 28 when I got divorced. And I really feel like those years after the divorce really start, something happens in your brain and some rooms that you've been locking off for whatever reason, I think are going to open. And I'm not talking about ugly things. I'm not talking about pain and like a a savage streak or anything. (laughs) I just think mental power that you've been using to maybe balance some of these plates is now going to be repurposed. Definitely. That's definitely one thing I've been enjoying is just not waking up feeling stressed. Yeah. And not worrying so much. Uh, just about drama. That was my main thing. Is like, I don't... There's... Like we talked about before, there's going to be suffering in life. And I, why add any more drama just because I might be nervous or I might be jealous or I might right. be angry about something instead of just honoring those feelings and going, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it seems easier for me to go... Maybe I'm wrong about something, then to go, no, everybody's out to get me. Right, 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 sure. And that, that feeling, you're right. Being single is better than being in the wrong relationship. And I know that sounds obvious, but I remember when I first heard that thought, it was like, being single, you can be lonely and you can be isolated, but it's so much better than feeling dungeoned. And yeah. that's a man made prison right there, where you wake up and you really. There's a there's a sweet moment before you're fully conscious in the morning, and then you kind of remember, oh, I have I have to pick up these bags again. I have to wear both of these backpacks, and they're filled with horse manure. Yeah, and not not to say the whole relationship was manure. I'm just, I'm saying that's how I could feel sometimes. No, I know what you mean. I, and then sometimes maybe I would take things. Maybe she had a legitimate question, and then I'm already like, oh, what does that mean? Right. You know. And so it's like. It gets, when it gets to the point where you're arguing about things that happened like three years ago, like, uh-huh. like what are we even doing? It's crazy, man. And that takes up a lot of your, your brain computer's RAM. Exactly, where I could use to write jokes. That's right. Or I- do sketches. It was like I was, I've been living, like I was living in, in Salem, not even Portland, like Salem, which was 45 minutes south. And then since I've been separated, I've been in Portland and I'm doing like sketches with all my friends, with mm-hmm. like Ian Carmel and some other friends of mine. And, and it was just like, I could have been doing this the whole last six years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead, I've been like worried and arguing and going, well, I better go back home. Right. I better go do this. But even that urgency, the, the six years going, like I could have been doing that. That's again, that's another kind of fuel that we can add in there and go like, now I'm, now I'm really not fucking around. That's, <laughs> that's how I felt. I got divorced, and the, and the positive spin was I went, okay, no more fucking around. Yeah. Not that I was fucking around. I was doing fine. I did premium blend, and I had those cutesy-pootsy jokes, <laughs> and my wedding ring, and my hair parted in the middle. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't worry you about did it. A lot of, <laughs> you did a lot of jokes about what you looked like. I <laughs> sure did. I sure did. You know, they cut one out. 
That was the joke. Was I said <laughs> Prince William because at the time yeah. I looked more like him when I was younger. I guess John Ritter. And then I said John Ritter. And then I said this guy can't do two jokes about who he looks like. Who's he think he is? Val Kilmer. <laughs> and then I go three. And that was the huge moment. And they cut they out the cut third out the one. Line. They cut out the third. They cut out the reason for doing the first two was to make a meta joke about how I had just done that, and they took that out. So I just looked like a guy. Who did three, two jokes? You know who else I look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> and that was like a three-minute set or something. I, based on my premium blend, I was like, well, that was my shot. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I blew it. I'm so sorry. And everything worked out fine. What was I just going to tell you? I was just going to tell you something. Fuck, 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 fuck. Get it back, Pete. I can't get it back. I can't get it back. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Okay, here it is. Ah, it never, it never comes back. <laughs> it fucking came back. Well, you, you're going to tell me when we're at an hour. Oh, that's correct. I didn't know that was correct. Oh well, that clock is correct. I thought, I thought Katie just had an incorrect clock behind her. <laughs> I was like, how? How? TJ used to have in his house 18 clocks, and they were all set to different times because that was his way of being like, "What is time?" I like that. I, I I like that. Me and my friends have been talking about things like that lately. Is that right? Yeah, because we're like it's Portland. We're we look at like what you guys did in Chicago, and we're just kind of like, let's try to do that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is that right? Pretty much. I love that. Yeah. Because so I... th- th- there's something about a place, and there's something about a group of people in a- in time and space at the same time in the same space, and and kind of enabling each other. Yeah. I think that's what happened in Chicago. Those really are like my brothers yeah. and sisters. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, it's us. It's Chicago, and that really makes me feel glad that that's how you guys are feeling about Portland. Because this whole time, I'm like, where's that next area? It's Portland. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, I think you might be right. Because so. every, uh, every time I go there, it's fantastic. And every time I see comics from there, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, – I've been watching it go for many. There's a few people that live out here now that are wonderful. And then it's just – like and then I remember when it was just me coming out here randomly, and then now my friend Carmel's always out here, mm-hmm. and it's just like watching. And I was just watching him yesterday at Tiger Lily, and it's just fun to to go and see him. Like, oh, I, I can see you in Portland, and I know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, and you come here in L.A. and it's working. And I'm like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is going to work. Oh, man, you're making me remember when the guys from Chicago used to go to New York, and I would see these guys that just destroyed every time in Chicago. I was like, of course. And then you go to New York, and it's like, for some reason, you think it's going to be a different language. Mm-hmm. But of course, they love it. Mm-hmm. It worked. And it's such a great thing when there's that crossover or whatever. Here's what I was going to say. The more closure you can get for any type of pain, uh, the more brain power I think you free up. That's what I'm, I'm learning now, is that like... Uh, you, you can make amends with something really, really old, maybe with a parent, and then that will free up the space. You don't realize that you have apps running. Mm-hmm. Fucking Shazam is running, <laughs> and you haven't used that shit in six months. <laughs> and it turned out it was a yes song. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's all I wanted to say. Let, we, we end every episode by talking I about what? about what? What? Nothing. What? Mm-mm. About? Mm-mm. You don't want to talk about God? No, I do. And time? Sure. What were you going to say? <laughs> you don't want the episode to end? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your impulse just then? I was going to try to beat you to the keep a crispy line. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs>
Ah, no, we're not. We're not quite done. We've kind of touched on God, so we're very close to keeping crispy. <laughs> First of all, I'll finish that thought about you're having these thoughts about what is time and stuff because I love that stuff. Oh, I just think, <laughs> and then we'll bring it into God, and then Ooh. we'll say keep it crispy. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I'm just telling you what's about to happen. I like it. Strip away bullshit. Close your brain power. I wrote down heteronormative. Do you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> you just write it down every week. I, I, I can't so stop writing weird. heteronormative. No, we were talking. Remember when we were talking about clean comedy? Yeah, and we're yeah like, it's it. offensive to other people. Well, you don't even realize he- like things that are heteronormative just means it's in favor of traditional. Yeah, male. I just female. call it normie. Normie. That's been in my house for a while. Uh, just, uh, just things you have to evolve from. Like it was, it's okay. It was, or it was never really okay, but it became acceptable if you were going to go around and go, "That guy's a sissy," or "That guy's retarded." Right, like right, 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 like, right. And it's just like, well, stop doing that. Right. Like it's not like saying, "Hey, you're an asshole." It's just saying, "Stop doing it." Like, right. You don't carry around an old fucking pager anymore. Right. You have a new phone. Like yeah. Up, update up, your fucking shit. Update your shit as well. Yeah, but like even like you might be offending somebody or or being insensitive possibly just by when you tell a joke, assuming that when you say a couple, you mean man woman. Mm-hmm. That that's a new level of of sensitivity, I suppose. So anyway, that that was one thing that I was going to say. Uh, and now tell me about whether or not time exists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it does. I believe it's an illusion. Yeah. Um. I went. We were talking about some of my friends. Um. Because we basically will make little group names up. Um. Like me and my Carmel are like the Junior Mint Mafia, <laughs> and we also have the Purple Gang, and that's in, that's just more of the Portland comics. Uh-huh. And then we're like, well, the Purple Gang's goal is to become fun time millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the ultimate group. None of us are in that group yet. Right. We want to be in that group. Just. Of- just having money and fun making time. fun time. A person who would buy a Rolex and have like all the numbers missing. Ah. That like what you're saying with something like TJ ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real. That's what we like because it's like you know I don't time time isn't real. Well, TJ bought a uh, what's his car? Well, his old car was a fucking like I don't know. It was like a Corolla that he put uh, rims on it that were yeah, worth more than like the car. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was before he was like in movies. And stuff. <laughs> he was he, he couldn't wait to get his advance and uh, and blow, blow it at Jacobs. <laughs> These are hip hop references. Uh, That's where I form like a lot of my comedy. Uh, I guess philosophy comes from hip hop and pro wrestling. Is that true? Yeah. What? Yeah. Tell me what that means. Well, it just like in hip hop, basically, is there's been a lot of movements of everyone being in house, like similar to what you guys did in Chicago. You have your group of friends, right? You work like with your them. mafia, yeah. And we just continue to work with each other and build each other up, and we're not. And it's not like a thing where. I'm going to put you on a show because you're my friend. It's more right. like you're talented. You're going to go and do your own thing. And like if someone asks you who's funny, you might mention my name. And right. the same thing. I'm, like, I'm going to say in Carmel's name several times on this podcast. Yeah, sure. Of course you will. funny. When I did uh, interviews back for the apiary, I would always be like, and my friend Kumail. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you have to. And it wasn't because Kumail needed my help. No. In fact, it strengthened all of us. It, it, it was unifying together. It is a team sport, going back to what you were saying. There's a little but bit it, of like, it, we're, we're all lone wolves, but what do wolves do? They travel in packs. Exactly. Yeah. That's more, it's a team of people who are all trying to put up their own stats, and they want to do their own thing. We're like We don't really often work together because we're right. all getting that to the same level, but we all respect each other and want to push each other, especially in Portland, where before Helium and Bridgetown, it was just us at this bar and it's called Suki's yeah. on Tuesday night just 
not thinking we would ever do anything but triple runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that mean, triple run? Going to Montana and doing <laughs> these horrible bar gigs. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. Starting in a town like Portland, I, I often thought, like, when we were in Chicago, we did the road a little bit. But the premium was on staying in Chicago and doing as many shows in Chicago as possible. Like, you didn't want to be gone too, too much. Uh, but then, like, is that changing? Is that still the pattern? Is that your home base? Or were you doing the road a lot? I was mostly um, doing shows in Portland. And then I would travel out to, like, the outside areas near Seattle and, and mm-hmm. you know, Tacoma and stuff. And those were basically my gigs where I would just eat eat shit and just yeah. learn. Yeah, <laughs> you know? eat shit and learn. Not eat shit and die. Hey, eat shit and learn, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly right, though. But that does enforce my point was like I think it's better to stay in a in a relevant uh, young scene, and I'm not even saying the city, but uh, your scene is relevant, the town is relevant, things are happening. There's a pulse of comedy there. Stay there. Let your friends uh, and their opinion of you at an open mic. That's more valuable in your formative years, I think, than whether or not you can learn how to crush in some knuckle hut. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. chuckle hut is what I think I mean. <laughs> what do I mean, knuckle? <laughs> I, I went to the comedy club, had a good knuckle last night. What the fuck is, <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? It's the UFC fighting place, the knuckle hut. <laughs> only, uh, only Joe Rogan can perform there. <laughs> he's, he's the only of us that can do it. Uh, well, I, I love that a lot. Okay, well, okay. Time. I was just talking to somebody, and I was trying to, and I was a little bit drunk, and I was talking to him, and I was like, all of time is happening at the same time, man. Like it's all on top of each other. He was like, no, it's not. It's happening forward. I was like, no, it's, that's an illusion. And I don't really know how to represent this thought, but I was trying to get him to do it. And I was like, no, that's an illusion. He was like, well, even if it's an illusion, that's, that's the illusion we're stuck in. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, you're not fun. <laughs> that's basically exactly. all I could do. I was like, I can't, I can't talk to you. I need, if I need somebody, if I go, I'm being born right now, I'm dying right now. It's all together. And this just happens to be where the needle on the record is. But that record is melting into itself, bro. <laughs> Now I'm Rory Scovel, and I need you to talk me down. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. So tell me about uh, tell me about God. It, it seems like you were mildly interested. Re- were you raised religious? Yeah, <laughs> Mild, mildly. Mild, you got a mild interest. Yeah. Uh, well, you have a mantra before the show, which is already yeah. free podcast, yeah, which is already uh, the best thing I've ever heard. So, what what where, where are your spiritual leanings? Well, I was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic school for like the first seven years of schooling okay so that was a part of it but i always i mean i there was always this weirdness to me especially with my school it mixed there was a weirdness racially as well that uh every school all the students it was called saint joachim okay and it was uh all the students are black most of the teachers are black and then like the principal and the main nun are white and and Jesus, great. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just always weird to me. Like it wasn't. I don't. I don't know why it was weird to me, but right. it always put a weirdness in me. You and, know, I, I I know that Jesus wasn't white, right? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like, okay, keep going. And it then, put a weirdness in you that the authority people were white. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I could see how that would happen. And then always the homophobia bothered me. Um, of the church or yeah. of the people at of the church. school? Of church. Well, both. both. A little both. Yeah. Yeah. So that started to get pretty negative. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I always, to me, it was just always these very hypocritical messages are very contradicting messages of like, we love everybody except for these people. Right. And like, it's just like, why would it be like that? That right, doesn't right, make right, any right. sense. Yeah. And um, 
And so, as far as God, like, I definitely believe in, I believe in, like, I believe in gods. I believe in multiple gods. Right. I believe that um, in, a, in life, sometimes we we pledge allegiance to a god. Like, and I think what else it would be comedy. And that way, comedy is our god. Right. And when I'm trying to become one with comedy, I'm trying to get closer to God. Right. And so, it's like, and I think that's what every. And I don't know if that's maybe I can take it a step further and be more like what creating in general. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's definitely higher powers. There's definitely that's definitely things that I don't understand or want to try to understand. But I don't want to shut myself off from them. You mean the process of creating and that and creating anything bringing you closer to an idea of God? Yeah, I think that it is. You know, um, and it's very hard for me to explain. Sure, but. Um, like, say, like, when people used to be more woodworkers or could build their own furniture mm-hmm. or things like that. I think that's very creative and very godly. Mm-hmm. And I think that people know that, and so they don't want you to create your own furniture. Hmm. They don't want you to really work. Hmm. They want you to go to a job every day, but they don't want you to work. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I think there's a, like, when you starting doing comedy, it's the hardest thing in the world to try to tell anyone, even your own mom, mm-hmm. that I'm going to go and do this. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're like, that's not, like, real. That's not something you can do. But it is, like, the, one of the the realest and truest things you can do in the world to me. Right. And so I think that's... But it's making your own chair. <laughs> yeah, it's making your own chair. Yeah. And whatever it is, you make your own soaps. If you're like on making T-shirts, whatever right, it right, is, right. it's all I think bringing you closer to God. And I think there's people that don't want you to do that. Go to the basement of IKEA and buy the print that fifty thousand people have up in their home. You know, <laughs> in in that in the city you're in, fifty thousand people have it. You know what I mean? I'm not even putting that down because I'm guilty of that as well. But there's something about um, surrounding yourself in things that you made and participating with things. I, it's, it's no uh, coincidence, I think, that like the Shakers and stuff used to make all their own furniture, and they were obsessed with God, and all they wanted to do was commune with God. And meditating for the monks seems like some sort of creation, uh, uh, some sort of unity. But e- even like practically, what you just said is beautiful. I can't even really add to it. It's the idea that they, that they want us to have jobs but not work, and they want us to buy the things that we could be making Instead of making them, because I think the more we create and the more we make, maybe the closer we are. The closer to God you get, the happier you get, and then you don't really have to purchase that many things. Yeah. And that is not a good thing. That's a problem. That is a problem. For Big Farm, that's a problem <laughs> for Ikea's basement, that's a problem for everybody. You can't buy, if, you, if you're super happy and super content, it fucks everything up. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> good Lord. Good religion segment. <laughs> there, there's some people that don't like it. Fuck that, man. That was great. <laughs> that was like a fucking cup of cup of uh, pea soup. <laughs> but I'm in the that mood. I'm, I'm in the mood for pea soup. I guess <laughs> that was because that was the best. Funchies. Honey Funchies, you're the best, man. You Thank said it was okay you. that I called you Honey Funchies. Anytime. Because I don't finish it. I don't say of oats. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what makes it obvious. <laughs> but if you just say, what's up, Honey Funchies, boom. And it's not even Funches, Honey Funchies. It's just sweetness. It's just sweetness. So that's what you are, man. Not, <laughs> not, not in a, yeah, in a little bit of a weird way, you're the, you're the sweetest and greatest. And thank you so much for you doing the show. Thank you. We, and, uh, I know what to do. You know what to do. Thank you, Pete, for providing us all with the original recipe. Of keeping it crispy. Yeah! <laughs> That's a good crispy. That is a good crispy. Thanks for doing it, man. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Yeah.
Now leaving Nerdist.com.